Hey, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead. And you're listening to Entertainment Talks, The Walking Dead UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. This is for season eleven, episode nineteen. Got just five episodes left of this show. Uh, season eleven, episode nineteen. Variant. Wonder why it's called Variant. Um, David, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I enjoyed this episode. I mean, you know, we're we're slowly hurtling towards a conclusion you know so uh it, it's uh, this is is more of that we yeah the the variant of the title which we kind of knew was coming because because we'd seen hints of it particularly in the trailers they'd they'd make comments about it but it does open a very interesting new direction for the show um and explains some of the things from season one as well <laughs> which uh is kind of interesting so i think that is uh he's he's gonna be very intriguing moving forward with uh the walkers and yeah we got kind of more stuff about what was going on in the commonwealth we're starting to see how that may all sort of fall right now um yeah overall uh i i was a bit concerned for eugene this season this week <laughs> But whether mm-hmm. he was going to make it out, because you know he could go either way, but he he doesn't have his own show coming up, so no, we know he's not no. safe. Um, uh, yeah, same with sort of Aaron and the rest of that, uh, the the group that are out on the road as well, because um, yeah, I mean they they they're all potential um, killable people, so yeah, it was it was good. I I think they they built the tension nicely this week. It was uh, it was a solid episode. I thought. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I love this episode for quite obvious reasons. Um, we will definitely dig into the whole zombie variants thing later. We have an, e- we have an email uh, later on where I can dig into into some fun specifics. I, I it, this is the zombie stuff that I really love, um, which is which is great. Uh, but no, the other rest of the episode I thought was really really good. Um, I continued to be really intrigued by the the Pamela Lance um story there's some uh again that's where some some comic book things have taken a really big twist and i'm really curious to see um you know where that goes because as i've always said i don't want the show to be like telling me the exact same story and it hasn't it's told me a similar story but it's made some changes and that's certainly an interesting change um but on on the show side of that it's not just been as simple as just oh um Sebastian died and got put down and that was that you know like like what we pretty yeah. much norm- normally have I and mean, we've had a few characters that have kept walkers around we've had like you know governor and his daughter and all that sort of stuff if you remember all the way back then um but like what does Lance have to do with that what, what what's what's going on there Pamela's clearly got a plan and Lance does not have the power so uh very interested in the comic booky twist there 
Um, basically, what I mean by that is Sebastian does something later on that he can't do now. So, yes. because he's not alive anymore. Um, but yeah, like, what's that going to do as well? Because as soon as we saw him like tied down in this episode, <clears throat> I was sort of, okay, where where are we going with this? Um, so that was that was really, really cool. Very intrigued to see where they go with that. Uh, so that was great. Uh, yeah, love the zombie set piece in this episode. One of the best that the show's ever given us. Um, yeah, good, cool to see like Aaron talking about Eric again. Um, well, something I really like in entertainment, and the MCU does this quite a lot because it's been around for fourteen years, especially in the She-Hulk episode <laughs> um, that they that they did recently. Is when you have a franchise, it, it doesn't have to be something as as wide as the MCU that's got like tons of different characters. It can be something like The Walking Dead, where you've been following mostly the same characters. But a franchise, e- either a game show or film, it works in in either of them, where you reference the past and have characters talk about the past and talk about experiences that have happened, and. Aaron bringing up Eric in the way that he did and trying to talk to Lydia about that. I thought that was I thought that was really nice. Um, Because in certain shows, and I don't really have any examples of these shows, where characters just kind of get on with it and then just... I mean, you don't need to reference the past all the time. It's just sort of Mm -hmm. when the moment strikes, like when when the moment comes up and conversations are relevant, which is what that one was, make these characters remember things that have happened to them. Um, Because it's it's interesting. At least I I find that interesting anyway. And obviously... um, as the the finale of She-Hulk did that in a very good way, which was good. Obviously, that's a different thing, but um, but there obviously you've got fourteen years worth of history with how many different characters. Um, so that's really yeah. cool. Um, and talking about things that are coming up as well, <laughs> which is which is great. Um, but yeah, I I liked a lot of stuff in this episode. I can't really think of anything I sort of hated um or anything like that so i mean there might have been some some walking dead quirkiness in the episode but that's fine at this point so um but i'm gonna leave all the zombie chat until until we get there i don't want to um talk about all that right now but um any any initial kind of thoughts on the the zombie variant thing uh it's it's gives some potential i mean you know with obviously with all of us have some experience with viruses at this point, which of course is what created the zombies in the first place. Um, and um, yeah, so so I, I think this is kind of an interesting thing that they've added in, which isn't in the comic books as far as I'm aware, is it? So the 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 sort of uh, the various different types of zombies. Mm. No, this it doesn't come up come up in the book. No. Yeah. So and for. A, a series that wants to sort of keep going um, and with various different spin-offs, it gives you some very interesting possibilities of places to go with that. So I'm, mm. I'm quite glad they've added this in because I think it, it will allow them to change things up a little bit in other shows. Yeah. I think they've introduced it a little bit late, but because mm. I, I would have liked it maybe... I don't know, maybe a season ago or so. You you wouldn't have wanted it too close to the Whisperer arc because that would have been like okay, you're just yeah, sort of c- continuing that. So let the Whisperer arc die off a little bit, and then I don't know, maybe just like slightly earlier, you could have you could have started this. But it's it's obviously to um, set it up for potential spin-offs, which is interesting with the Daryl France thing as well. 
Um, yes. I, I think that's got something to do with that. Anyway, we'll save the rest of that conversation for later. Uh, let's take a quick break, do some housekeeping, let you know what else has been going on with Entertainment Talk, and then we'll get into the recap. See you mm-hmm. in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alrighty, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, last night, it's a very late kickoff, quarter past eight, I don't know why, but it was, uh, played Tottenham, two goals to nil, May, May night won two nil, um, best performance of the season so far, lots and lots of positives all around, which is really nice, uh, Fred giving one of his rare 10 out of 10 performances, um, but hey, if the player plays well, I'm gonna say that, and, uh, give them high rating if they play badly then i will say that and give them a low rating it's just how it works um but really really good like decisions from ten hag and everything last night was uh very very good uh kept tottenham very very quiet as well which is good so um hopefully we can continue that momentum and uh continue that through to saturday and of course we'll probably be keeping an eye on ronaldo because he walked out of the state not now not out of the stadium sorry walked uh off the uh off the pitch yesterday so that was a talking point unfortunately 
Um, so we talked about all of that. Uh, gaming talk this week, we talked about Horizon Zero Dawn getting a remake, um, which is only a, a 2017-year-old game. Um, so we talked about all of that. Bayonetta 3 had some, some controversy. The voice actress was being offered very, very, very little. Uh, there's been some new information that's come out about that. It's a bit sort of like of a messy situation. But, of course, business in entertainment can be a uh, messy situation. Uh, so we talked all about that. And, we, and then we talked about Gotham Knights, which, um, if you remember, the previous-gen versions, so Xbox One and PS4, were cancelled. Uh, so it is a current-gen-only game, and it's going to be locked at 30 frames per second. So we talked about all of that, and did some comparisons to Batman Arkham Knight, which um, looks more interesting even though it's a game from 2015 or 16 so we talked about all of that and talked about sort of you know the the style of gotham and graphics and visual storytelling and that sort of stuff there's a certain visual thing about gotham isn't there um that sort of mm-hmm. gothic type of uh, type of atmosphere so we talked about that compared to uh batman arkham knight which was interesting uh over on the other united cast episode ronaldo the uh, game that ronaldo did play it was nil nil between May united and newcastle um, wasn't quite so great of a game, but that was the nil-nil draw with Newcastle. Um, over on the Marvel side of things, I reviewed the MCU-adjacent thing called uh, Werewolf by Night. Could easily be included in the MCU later on, but it was a great one-off kind of thing with these werewolves and everything like that. Uh, all pretty much sort of black and white. That was a really cool thing um, to, to watch. That's available on Disney+, Plus, I think, everywhere that you can get it. Uh, it's an uh, original like Marvel thing, so... That was really cool, uh, but the but Marvel being experimental again, which is which is always really good. Um, C has finished its final season, its third and final episode, uh, its, its last episodes have, have all gone out. Uh, so I did one of my why you should watch episodes. It sort of fit really well with how I wanted to talk about the show, uh, talk about the qualities of the show, the set pieces, the characters, where you can actually watch it, what it's about. And of course, you know, Jason Momoa, all that type of stuff. Uh, so it's an entirely spoiler-free episode because the episode is designed to talk about why you should watch it. Uh, so that was uh, really good to do as well. I felt like that sort of fit with how I wanted to talk about the show. So that was very good. Uh, over on the other United Cast episode, we recently beat Ammonia. Uh, this is the other fixture that we played them, so we've now played them twice. Uh, beat them 1-0, uh, lots of hard work from the team. Um, that was a really good performance as well. Over on the other uh, full MCU side of things, I did my must-see review for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1. I wrote Season 1 because we don't know if these shows are going to get second season, but it is still the first season. Uh, So that's a spoiler-free, spoiler-review split. Uh, So that's that for that review as well. Um, Walking Dead podcast from last week, the Sebastian episode, there's all that. Um, And that's pretty much what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms um all right so the episode begins so eleven nineteen variant begins with um a quick moment uh, sorry moments after the last week's episode so the crowd's still in a you know panic and everything obviously they would be eugene is recognized by the crowd but then almost pretty much straight away um daryl tells him to join him inside of a building and they hide and then we get the credits um, not a lot to say about this. Uh, so sometimes it's interesting with Walking Dead. Um, like with the episode before that one, where we had the Lance Daryl cliffhanger, and yeah. sometimes we think like, oh, we'll see how the you know how this continues the the week after. And sometimes we don't get that scene straight away. Sometimes we do. So we've had three kind of connecting episodes because we had like the the cliffhanger of the two weeks ago. 
um, which was like Daryl holding Lance, and then that continues straight from that, and this is continuing straight from last week. So, because uh, Walking Dead doesn't always kind of uh, do that, uh, but there's not a ton to talk about here. I just thought I'd individually write down the the cold open. Um, but yeah, they kind of recognise him and that, and the the crowd is in uh, in a bit of a panic. Um, mm-hmm. Any thoughts on the little opening here? No, not really a lot. I mean, yeah. like you say, yeah. there isn't really much to say there. Yeah. So, uh, but at the Commonwealth continued. Um, Pamela warned Mercer uh, that an example had to be made of someone for Sebastian's death and the riot which was ongoing that had resulted from his um, uh, diatribe. Diatribe being broadcast, his speech being broadcast, and that someone uh, didn't have to be Max. Uh, not if the trooper could deliver Eugene to the governor before Mercer could do so. However, Max was apprehended and was quick to express a disappointment in her brother. I forgot that these were brothers. Uh, brother and sister. Brother and sister, yeah, no, yeah. so did I. Yeah. Um, I also forgot that Princess was with Mercer. Um, Mercer, with, 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 yeah. with, with those two particular Mercer-related relationships, they hadn't done... I don't know, they hadn't done anything with either of them recently. I know... Um, no. Princess and Mercer had a bit of a fall, had obviously have later a bit of a falling out, but I'd just forgotten that that stuff. But that 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 is how they're all related, um, yes, or sort of together or whatever. Uh, yeah. So Max was apprehended. Um, we should talk about how she gets apprehended as well because it's kind of a interesting thing. Um, and then there's a bit about Princess as well. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, she kind of tries to like. So this is when she sort of sneaks in between the, the buildings and stuff and um Rosita's like go back or whatever um and then she goes to turn around and and the, and the troopers are like the the guards are right there like so she's sandwiched in between them um i don't know it was a, it was a walking dead way to do that i suppose uh, so sometimes i mean i don't have a problem with the scene the, the scene is fine the objective was to you know get her caught so you could have the bit of dialogue um but no, it was, it, it was a bit more of a Walking Dead way to get caught. Of like, oops, made made, made a mistake, kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. That was that was interesting. What did you think of these kind of opening parts with uh, the, the the Mercer stuff here? Yeah, I I like you. I sort of when they started doing that, and and you, I I, I like. Oh yeah, they're brother and sister. And then when he has a conversation to try after this with Princess, you're like, oh yeah, he was dating Princess because they've. You're right, they've done absolutely nothing with those sort of. They established those relationships sort of in last season. I don't think they've really done anything since it, or, or you know, the earlier bits of this season. And I don't think they've done much with it since then. Um, I mean, which is fine. I mean, they've had a lot of other stuff going on, and I, I, you know, I'm not watching this to watch a soap. So I, you know, <laughs> it's these sort of relationships. I, they had established them. I just completely forgot about it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's interesting with uh, Pamela showing that sort of side of of you know, obviously she's grieving her son's dead, even though he was an asshole, but you've you know her, her then playing the political stuff of like well you, you know if going to mercer and say well we can save your sister if you're prepared to blame somebody else for it and uh, mercer's sort of stuck in the middle because you can sort of see he's obviously trying to save his family uh and it's not the right thing to do and he knows that but it's his sister so of course he wants to try and save her um and 
when Max does get caught, she then berates him for it and is basically saying your father would be ashamed of you. Um, so I thought that whole interaction was quite interesting and the the way she gets caught as well. Yeah, I mean, she could have been a little bit more careful, but the troopers were out at that point looking for her all over the place and she sort of tries to walk forward and there's troopers behind her, tries to go to the direction she gets as Rosita sort of says no don't come this way she sort of turns around and walks into a bunch of stormtroopers so Hmm. yeah 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 um how do you think the show's handled um because usually we have two sets of eight uh for for, for the episodes for the season has it felt like going to because we've never gone to a third section i mean shows rarely actually do that don't they like because they call it season something c don't they yeah. Um, so you've got like A, B, and then the C part. I mean, mid mid season finales are, or mid mid seasons and halves of fin- halves of seasons yeah. are, are quite common in uh, America, especially with like the Arrowverse stuff when you got twenty three episodes and you break them up into like nine and whatever. Yeah. Um, it 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 hasn't felt like a new. It has felt like an actual continuation, like a the C part or the third part of this. Um, yeah, which is interesting because they've they've never done that before. Um. Cause I think they, cause they started doing that in season two, didn't they? Um, when because they, they couldn't split it evenly, they they had thirteen episodes. That was a Sophia Barnes stuff. Um, because the first season was like what six or seven, they just went straight through. So yeah, uh, they done they done a decent job of that. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the the portions, why I bring that up, the portions of the season. Um, I don't remember in the B part of this season them mentioning or really doing much with let's just say Mercer's relationships. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a bit of time. So anyway, um, decent scenes with all of that. Uh, Princess 2 challenged him, so Mercer, to be the better man that, um, she knew he was. Uh, as she prepared to hit the road, he made the mistake of telling her that things could be worse on the outside. But that line of BS had gotten, uh, her abused throughout her childhood, um, and she says, so F that thinking. She said, uh, it could be better to it should be. Amen. Um, I don't know what that name says here. Joatinia? Um yeah, I don't know if that's a reference. Sure. I don't know if that's a reference to something or or something in there. I, 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 I'm not sure. I thought I'd just yeah. include it. Um, so this is to do with the scene where obviously they're, they're having a chat. Um, something which Bold Move pointed out, I listened to their Walking Dead podcast, is... Not not in a negative way towards towards Mercer, but when when we first met Princess, and she's still one of my favorite Walking Dead characters. I don't know where she'd fit in a, in a list because we have so many characters, but she's she's one of my favorite ones. Um, and I liked her like as soon as we met her in the comic books and that. I really liked her, and she she was just a bit different in, in a good way. Um, and I liked her, and I was really looking forward to like her introduction in the show, and they they handled that really well. And it was pretty much like panels of screen, you know, in, in the way that comic readers would like and they didn't change anything about her and she was you know that that version of that character come to life which is which is great um ever since she has been dating mercer though she's taken off like the pink scarf she's not had like the bubbly sort of personality and all that i I don't know if that's i don't know if that's a commonwealth effect or a mercer effect or both but the the important point to note there is he has found a difficult balance. And this is kind of what she mentions a bit. She does say quite a lot in her speech, but in terms of, he's tried to fight back a little bit against Pamela, but not quite enough. Um, 
I mean, we had the scene, what was it, when the crowd broke out initially, and Pam, I think Pamela said to him, like, oh, you're supposed to protect me. And he got out his two blades, whatever they are, and yeah. he's like, no, I have to protect the Commonwealth. So you had, like, bits of that, um, but I, I can... See, see, here's the interesting part about, like, what Princess is saying here, and this is something I like to see, well, not like to see, it's something I find interesting to see in, in TV, which is where a character who I can't relate to in a in a good way because I don't I don't want to relate to every single character I see on on TV that would to me personally that would be boring if I could relate to every character on TV um she's talking about an experience that or something I I've been lucky enough not to go through you know that like childhood abuse and everything um she's talking about all that and I can't relate to that but that's good because it kind of makes that different not necessarily more interesting but it makes it different make it makes her a different character to kind of following it makes her storyline different to i suppose other characters um and she's talking about sort of because i don't understand sort of like i can't like again like relate to that in the same way so when she's explaining sort of okay the situation might seem decent to you mercer and maybe to some to some viewers here's me in like in, in her best kind of way trying to explain Okay, this is, this hasn't gotten as bad as what it has before. Obviously, she describes the horrific yeah. situation, but it it could it might get worse, and it it should be better. And I like that I can't relate to that if that makes sense. And to to see a character going through something that I I haven't, and watching that play out in the way that it did. Um, so I'm not saying it's like more entertaining or more interesting. That's not really the way to describe it. It's just interesting because it's 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 something different um so even though like i can't fully grasp her sort of pain and what she's gone through and she she's discussed this before to to, i think to other characters i think she's brought up to mercer before uh, and to other people um and her whole her her whole idea sort of like i need to be more alone and and that sort of stuff which is how she was when we first saw her um I think they've done a good job with it. Is is what I'm sort of trying to say. Um, what did you think of all the all the princess stuff here? Yeah, um, the the just the uh, the um, the the little bit at the end, the name you didn't the, the uh, what oh, that right. is. Yeah. I think it's Watin. I think it's Watina. I think it's Spanish. Ah, right. uh, and it's uh, um, the reason it says Amy Watina is because uh, princess's real name is uh, Watina Sanchez. So that's what it's relating to. Huh. Because princess is a nickname, which I should have realised, but yes, <laughs> yeah. So that's what it is. Um, but yeah, the I the, the the sort of whole point making here about um, you know him saying, well, things could things could be worse on the outside. It's like, well, yeah, they could be. They might be better though, as as well. And versus you, you know, it's one of these things of like they're essentially in sort of a totalitarian state. It's not as bad as some of the totalitarian states that we've had in the show. Um, you know, things like obviously um, the governor and whisperers and where people are just immediately killed when they step out of line, that sort of thing. Um, and the Commonwealth isn't quite that yet, but it's heading yeah, potentially it's like down heading, that road. Yeah. Yeah, 
and there's this argument it's the same argument that, that sort of max was making of like well yeah it that they're under this sort of dictatorship at the moment, but things need to change, and um, and that sort of uh, you know, princess sort of is is expressing that I think as well. You know, it's like, well, it it should be better than this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, but what one kind of like key thing to to take from this and this doesn't always come across as well in entertainment than it does obviously in real experiences but something i've mentioned kind of on the chat podcast and other places is is simply reading about other people's experiences of life um so like i i I follow like several trans people on twitter because i like to read about like um not sort of like read about what they're up to but their, their experiences and like they're from america where things are bad for, for them and, and things like that but there's also nice stories about like so, somebody will post like hey i got my name legally changed today it's like that's really nice that like helps you towards you know it, it, it's to do with their experiences and stuff like that yeah um and this obviously that's th- this is different to that but you get what i mean about re- just like just reading and learning about different people's experiences um because mm-hmm. something we all could still do with learn knowing is like hey we're, we're not all the same um we're all human but we're not all the same and it helps if you know there's, there's lots we're, we come in all different you know colors shapes sizes genders you know what, what whatever um and it's good for i just think it's good for people to to learn about other people um so that when you come across those people in the real world it doesn't mean that you'll know everything about them you'll just be more aware and you'll just be i don't know better educated because um certainly from reading other comments online there's, there's certainly a ton of people out there who could who could do with some better education about other people not specifically mm-hmm. towards people's like problems, but just just things going on in the world, you know. Yeah. Um. So, because there's some people who are not just not educated, but a bit extremely un uneducated. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely. Um. You read certain things online that people write, and you're just like, "What are you on about?" You know. So, uh, this this kind of connects to that again. This is this is different. This isn't a fictional, you know, zombie show, but it's it's still good. So. Anyway, um, let's move on from that. Uh, by the time our heroes got back on the road, so this is switching characters. Everything was hunky dory, hunky and dory again. Aaron had given Lydia a pep talk that had um, uh, convinced her not to friend zone Elijah for fear of losing another love. And Jerry was liking the idea of turning the resonance uh, resonance fair yeah. into uh, sorry the site into another kingdom with himself and Nabila, which is his wife. And um, as it's Ezekiel and, and Carol, so like a kingdom-esque sort of thing. But instead of Ezekiel and Carol, it will be him and his wife, uh, Nabila. I think that's how you say her name, Nabila. Yes. Uh, who we've seen before on screen. Um, so this is just after, because um, there's a little bit before this where they sort of get they get, get stark and Jerry's leg gets injured and that, that sort of thing. And the zombie gives us a little look, just a little look, just turns his head. Um, is it a whisperer? Mm-hmm. Is it not? Is it just a zombie? We, we've seen zombies turn their heads before, but this zombie turns its head in a particular way, a bit more of an intelligent way, you could say. Um, so we'll we'll uh, get back to that once we get to the the thing. Um, it, it, the, the whole, you know, we talk about like the the quirkiness of The Walking Dead. That's kind of what happens here, I think, with Jerry. It sort of it sort of felt like okay. We're not killing off Jerry in this episode. We're going to threaten Jerry in this episode. T- 
technically twice, one in a really bad situation and one in sort of just an injury situation. But of, I mean, it, it would have made the scene later a bit different, but it was kind of, hey, we want to add a bit of, I don't know, a bit of tension, a bit of something in here. Um, wasn't bad, it was just kind of, yeah, I don't know, kind of quirky of just like, oh, Jerry's going to have an accident and his leg's going to hurt and they're going to have to like, um, not carry him obviously, but like help him walk. Uh and that type of thing. But anyway, they they make it to the, 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 the site here and we will pick back up with them later. Uh, any thoughts on this initial kind of scene? Yeah, only that, I mean, I, this this started to get me a little bit worried for that group because, oh. you know, they're walking along the road, they see this big horde of zombies, they're like, okay, we need to go off-road. Aaron's absolutely determined that they must keep going and then, of course, the cart gets stuck through because they're off-roading with a cart and horse, which is not a great idea. Uh, I do love the idea that they sort of found this Renaissance Fair and and they're talking about, you know, hey, we could set up Kingdom 2.0 and um, Aaron suggests, well, you know, not rather than Ezekiel, you Jerry could take over. I could, I could watch a show of that. I think that would be great. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, that would be really wonderful because I, I really love Jerry. He's a great character, and I, I, I think it'd be entirely appropriate to put these characters in danger because we, you know, as we've said, these are are a group that don't have spin-off shows and are potential for not making it to the end of the series. So there is a fairly solid possibility that these people could um uh, could end up kind of getting eaten or you know whatever so um yeah i i like that they built a bit of tension up here you know it's mm-hmm. good yeah yeah um yeah no i agree with uh, what you said there and we'll pick up with these characters in a minute uh visiting lance's cell i remember he was arrested or captured before however you want to put that Pamela played um, which hand am I um, holding the coin in with her former right hand man. Um, he guessed correctly but nonetheless um, she had Calhoun's, yeah, Calhoun's dead body and Sebastian's reanimated corpse brought in as uh, a ghastly means of driving home the point that Lance literally was uh, at the family's disposal which is what he, because he's trying to sort of beg her in, in, in this scene of like, you know, don't kill me, I can I can still be of use. He's certainly a useful person, it just depends on how he plays along, I suppose. He's a capable person, you know, so um yeah. so she wants to use that in some sort of way. Um and then we'll got a bit here about Eugene, which we'll get to in a minute. Um so uh it's it's interesting to try to work out the idea here because it's not it, it's it's sort of okay we're gonna give you a rough, we're gonna give you viewer a rough explanation of what what everybody means about what they're saying in the scene and then we're gonna throw two characters into the scene to make you think about and it's it's not as if it's not sort of okay this scene is just poorly explained and then given to us it's sort of these characters are talking about what they want and everything and then it's left to us to figure out. I suppose the mechanics of this. So you've got Calhoun's dead body. He got shot and killed off screen. I I, th- I think yes. Not that he's a big character, but yeah, it wouldn't be like yeah. shooting Aaron off screen or something. But um, so he's he's killed off screen. So he he was the they were the ones that actually caused this whole thing because they're the ones who set the the walkers free. Um, because as much as Sebastian's tape caused the crowd to you know disperse. 
Um, yeah, that didn't. That that's not what caused the zombies to to go mad. It was what Lance set up and did, which yeah. was to do with Calhoun. And then you've got so Sebastian's reanimated. He's not been put down yet. Um, and so him was he tied up? No, they they uncuffed Sebastian, didn't they? Uh, and yeah. then Lance was still there, and Calhoun's dead body, which will. That won't reanimate. No, that won't reanimate, will it? Because he, he's shot in the head. They show a, the head wound yeah. injury. And then he's given like a uh, machete or something. And then says, I think she says something like, feed my son. So I suppose he's supposed to just like, because I would guess that that starts straight away as soon as, because she leaves the room with, with the troopers and that. And it's the, the three of them that are left in that room. So dead guy. Lance and Sebastian, zombie Sebastian. Yeah. So I would guess that yeah, he's supposed to feed Sebastian, um, and then once that body runs out, she's gonna bring somebody else in later. Um, which this is this is kind of reminiscent of like the governor type stuff with uh with with his daughter all the way back in was it season three? Um. I wonder with so in regards specifically, obviously this is to get like, can she trust Lance or or whatever? Um, and I'm guessing that if Sebastian bites Lance, she's just like, okay, he just failed, and then that's just that. Um, but I don't know where this is going, which is, which is interesting to me because I know where Sebastian's no. story goes in the comic book, but this is yes very different to that drastically different, drastically different, yes. yeah. Um. So where where's that kind of where is that going? Um, and there's nothing really. Hmm. So it, let's say he picks up this machete, he chops Sebastian's head off, right? And then, well, the dead guy's dead anyway. She would probably come back in and kill Lance because it's like, hey, you've killed my son, I suppose. Well, because yeah, the idea I... is like feed him and keep him alive, not chop his head off and kill him. Yeah. I I I I was a little bit confused as to exactly what was going on here, but yes, it's I, interesting I, to work out though, or try to work out. Yeah, so. so I yes, that sort of makes sense. Is here's a dead body, chop bits off him and feed it to my zombified mm-hmm. son and keep him alive to keep him away from, and that will keep him away from you as well. I you know, and presumably there are people go to come and check and make sure they haven't eaten. Lance, but like you say, if Lance gets eaten, she'll be like, oh, well, that's that then. Um, so it's a sort of torture tactic, I guess, of some description for Lance. Yeah. Because, I mean, none of that's a pleasant experience, I imagine. So, um, but, but yeah, I don't quite know where she's going, but it is, it, you mentioned the governor there. It is a sort of governor level bit of twisted you know, act from um, from her. So sort of has her showing her true colours. And I mean, I understand she's upset because her son's dead, even though he was an asshole. But um, yeah, uh, I, I so I yes, I don't know where any of that's going. Hmm. Because, hmm. Because if Sebastian bites lance and he dies then he just dies do they just get rid of both of them after that although and then if because my, well, my, my guess is if lance kills sebastian then they just go back in and they kill lance and that's it so 
him keeping him alive like i just wonder where they're going with it so i guess we'll, yeah no uh, guess we'll I, yes that's that's what i yeah i'm 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 not sure either i i i'm mm. yeah that's all got me a bit confused so. I, wonder if, I wonder if she goes back in and says oh you're at the family's disposal you can dispose yourself towards sebastian i don't know so <laughs> yeah um but interesting stuff as for Paul Eugene, uh, he refused to leave the Commonwealth with Daryl and Rosita. Um, no way could Eugene abandon Max. That being the case, he gave Rosita his uh, bolo tie for Coco. Quite nice. Um, saying that, I do believe that one day she'll have the style to pull this off. Uh, <laughs> and split from his friends to save Max by turning himself in. And not only did he uh, take the fall for his girlfriend, but insisted that he acted alone. Uh, it says Q um, Mercer feeling like shit. <laughs> yes. um, there's also a quite quirky sort of funny little scene where he actually puts his fist up, not in a serious way, but he puts his fist up yeah. towards Daryl. And Dar- the, the look, from, the, the exchange here is is, is great between yeah. Daryl and Eugene because uh, you know they're not going to fight, they're not going to full on fight. And Eugene knows they can't beat up Daryl, and Daryl's like, I'm just gonna just gonna let you go. Um, so I thought that was uh, yeah. Just, just the way, yeah. That was a uh, they've they've tried a lot of comedy with Eugene, and to me, not a lot of it has worked. But that was a, mm-hmm. a more more of an interesting interesting thing to do. Um, it was just different to him, sort of speaking Shakespearean at ten times speed, kind of yeah. thing. Um, which he hasn't done for for a bit. He'll still like say too many words and that sort of stuff, and like even even the way he's talking when he goes to get captured. Um, but that's that's kind of in his character. But I, I thought that yeah. th- I understand that that's his character. There's a better way to do it, and this is one of the better ways to do it. So um, we'll see where all of that goes, I suppose. But no, the, the scene with Daryl I thought was uh, quite fun and quite good. Yeah, it's, it was the way Daryl was sort of looking at him, and yeah. like he put his fists up, and Daryl's looking at him, going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and, and and then like steps aside and it's Eugene's reaction to that of going wait you're you're not gonna stop me and then that sort of breaks him because he's like I'm a coward um mm. they they you know they're starting all these episodes with this little with uh, the the sort of archive footage of various things and one of the big features of the the archive footage that they used at the start of this one was of Eugene and you know the lies he told to protect himself you know to get Abraham to pick him up because he claimed mm. he was the scientist and that's sort of where he all started um and and how he and this speech that he gives here about you know I'm a coward I've always been a coward basically so I, I thought that was a sort of interesting it, it, the way they're using those little intro things is a way of kind of helping round out the story of sort of this is where they started, this is where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and him having the guts to, to actually go and turn himself in to save somebody he loves, which is one of the more heroic things that he's done at this point. I mean, stupid possibly, but heroic you know, because he understands that Max is going to be in a lot of trouble if unless he takes the blame for it, and he wants to take the blame for it. So yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what Mercer does at this point because, of course, he knows it's not true. If they and he's got a problem as well because if Mercer does let Eugene 
take the fall for it. And Eugene is saying, I want to take the fall for it. But if he lets that happen, Max is never going to forgive him. So hmm. it puts him in a really difficult situation. Yeah. And Mercer being Mercy, you do hope that he's one of those characters that is going to sort of turn properly good. You know, he's been fairly law abiding and he's trying to do what he can to keep people safe. But he's he's stuck between a rock and a hard place at the moment. It's like, what do I, you know, because if I go this way and blame Eugene, Max is going to hate me and never talk to me again. Um, if I don't, it means that Max is also going to be included in this and that puts her in jeopardy. So it's it's what he does next. It's going to be the interesting thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, something I found kind of not really funny but interesting as well was when he first walks into that room and the way that the guards like respond as if he's gonna I don't know as if he's gonna whip out a gun and start shooting them all or something like yeah. they're, they're, they're sort of panicked state and that they don't really know Eugene as well as we kind of know him obviously we've been following this character for, yeah. for a good few years um but you, Eugene is somebody that you could very calmly arrest um but uh they don't really sort of know that so I thought that was uh, interesting as well. Um, then we go back to Aaron and the, and the rest of the group. Uh, Lydia, Elijah and uh, Jerry. Introduced a terrifying new kind of walker. One that can turn doorknobs and climb walls. And even uh, has the brain power to use a rock as a weapon. Mind you, as clever as this new uh, strain of the dead is. It still didn't manage to get the better of Aaron, Jerry, Lydia and Elijah. As they hold up... Um, at the uh, former site of the Resonance Fair, um, en route to Oceanside. Remember, that's where they're actually supposed to be going, uh, yeah. to, to Oceanside, if we remember Oceanside, and if we remember Luke, who is supposed to be at Oceanside. <laughs> uh, the fearsome uh, foursome thought of the assault and learned in the ickiest way possible when Aaron ripped the, let's say, mask uh, off of a Whisperer that wasn't actually a Whisperer at all. The rumours of... It says smarter walkers. I think it's a good way to describe them. Actually, hadn't been exaggerated. Um, yeah, this was this was awesome. Uh, I'm glad the Walking Dead's finally got to do this. Um, although, if we remember, all the way back in season one, I think it was in the pilot episode, we did have. I can't remember if it was for the whole of the first season or just the first few episodes. There was what's kind of called the Frank Darabont zombie book. Not an yes. actual, not an actual book, but the the, the the Walking Dead's hypothetical zombie rule book. Because um, mm-hmm. if you remember, Frank Darabont created the show. It was just yeah. you know given the go ahead by others, and obviously you know AMC and Robert Kirkman and other people involved. Um, didn't have the same people involved then that w- what we do now. But uh, yeah, Frank Darabont was obviously the, the showrunner for the first season, and he put this idea into the show um they did it for one season um then they abandoned it then we've had walkers for what the following 10 9 ish seasons and then these last six so six episodes left of the season to the series um they decided to go back to it which i'm very very happy about um <laughs> yeah because this again if we go back to uh morgan and his wife, his wife had turned in, I think, by the time we got to the pilot episode. He had his son there as well. I can't remember his son's name, but um, had his son there. And his wife was trying to turn the, the doorknob, and she was giving looks, like, to the door as if to, as if to show a bit more intelligence. In in a similar way, the zombie that we saw earlier in this episode 
did the same thing of just just like looking around a bit more have, having a bit more intelligence um so there's three things that they show in this episode that they can do they can climb they can turn like doorknobs and stuff and they can also pick things up um when they showed the zombies in season one i don't remember many of the other actual like let's say red shirt walkers doing this load it was more just demonstrated with with morgan's wife because uh, she was trying to turn the door handle on that i don't remember her well she, she didn't like try to climb anything um in terms of picking things up i don't remember her picking anything up and like trying to bang on the door or anything um but the, the idea was was still there um and if we remember, I, I don't know where the lawsuits at now. What one of the many lawsuits going on in this show? But he did sue AMC. I think it was, it was either during or after season two because they basically said, "Can you make double the amount of episodes?" I think for the same amount of budget. And yeah. He was like, not, "No, not not really. I can't really do that." Um, yeah, it's a bit like asking a chef to sort of make more food in 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 the same work shift. It's just not gonna, you know. It's not, it's not going to really happen. Um, obviously, that's where the, the penny the penny pinching started early because that's when that's when the penny pinching started. They've, they've done other things since. Um, to me, this this isn't this obviously isn't just for hey six episodes left. Let's throw these zombies back in. This is supposed to be for the spin-offs, Which, to the show's credit, your main show is ending. Some people are watching Fear the Walking Dead. Some people do or don't know that Tales of the Walking Dead exists. Um, obviously you've got the three big spin-offs coming up with, um, regardless of how you feel about those characters, they're all popular characters, right? Rick, Michonne, Daryl, um, uh, Negan and, and, and Maggie, they're all sort of like the show's most popular characters. Given that, um, I think it was last week or the, or the episode before, when, when, when you said about when Norman went to Comic-Con, and he said about it, it I can't remember if you said France specifically or, or Europe. I think France. France. It is specifically set in France. Okay. Okay. And yeah, the if you remember, I mean, the, the background to the background to the zombie virus, uh, which is known as the wildfire virus, mm-hmm. you know, which is is what we found out at the end of season one, I think, and you know when they ended up at the disease control place, um, at the CDC. Yeah. And. Um, yeah so we know what sort of caused it and as we've gone along we've discovered that it's implied that there was a group of french scientists that were playing around with sort of some cardio plaque stuff and they were trying to sort of you know trying to create a cure for sort of heart disease and that sort of thing and it's that that was got out into the wild and cause this zombie outbreak um and uh you know we know quite a lot about pandemics at this point so and, mm-hmm. and the idea of variants and that sort of thing and the suggestion is that there are are variant versions of this virus which escaped from this lab um and the predominant virus seems to be one which just turns them into straight zombies but there are variants out there which will turn some people into slightly more intelligent things there's a comment that aaron says here where he's talking about sort of roamers and lurkers and you know he Mm -hmm. said he's seen certain zombies come back to places that they remember and hang around there but 
he's also heard these stories of ones that can climb walls and open doors and that sort of thing, which is what we've got here. So they're a sort of slightly more intelligent version. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I know you said it to me, you'd like to have seen this introduced a bit early, but I, I quite like the fact that they've introduced, it, they've, they've introduced it where they have, because we've had this particular type of sort of predominant zombie strain throughout the entire show. And now they've just right and a bit more option for and allows them to make the spin-offs a little bit different because mm-hmm. you've got these bunch of different shows that are coming up and those shows can be able to, are going to be able to use a different version of that zombie a sort of slightly more intelligent one i mean i don't know how far you can get away with taking that i don't know whether you're going to end up with a sort of zombie king kind of crypt keeper sort of thing who's like you know is a zombie but still ha- retains full functionality of his brain mm-hmm. whether they'll ever in, get... in army of the dead zack snyder right. uh, film yeah they're, i mean they're, whether, whether they're these things get... they're these things called like alphas i think they were called yeah i mean whether they'll ever get to that sort of point hmm. um I, and uh, but this this sort of whole bit here where you know these these zombies attack and uh you, you know are obviously assumes oh my god there are whisperers in here yeah um and um yeah the point where he sort of rips the mask off one of them and uh and yeah you end up with this he's like oh my god this is a zombie i thought it was a great reveal oh, that was brilliant I mean, that was brilliant yeah yeah um, so there was a point that I noticed somebody kind of mentioned was, I, I I didn't catch this at the time, but it's quite possible that this was intentional. The face that was, I mean, it's a, it's a bloody red skull underneath the yeah. when he rips the face off, as yeah. you would expect if you rip somebody's face off. Um, but uh, of course, Ross McQuan's one of his big roles in the MCU was playing Red Skull in <laughs> Infinity War. So uh, you do wonder whether there was maybe a hint of that in there. Um, mm. It's a bit, um, you know, and given that it was Ad- Aaron's character that uh, it was, it was Ross, Ross's character that did it, uh, you know, um, I, maybe maybe there was a hint of that in there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it, what, what else is it going to be when you rip the face off somebody? It's going to be a red skull. Uh, but you know, yeah. a red skull's a red skull. But um, yeah, I thought I thought that was uh, that was kind of an interesting little one mm. for that. Yeah. Continuing off what you said there, though. Um... This is if you're trying to keep this franchise fresh and avoid people kind of saying, "Oh, it's just going to be continuation with these other characters," which it will be. But because um, for for a long time, for a good few seasons, it turned into we're not afraid of the zombies; they're in the way; they're more of an obstacle, and the humans are the threat. Which is kind of what you do end up doing with certain zombie stories. Like they're a threat at the start; you don't know how to deal with them, learn to stab them in the head, all that sort of thing. Uh, and it depends what type of zombies you've got. There's all different sorts of types. But if you want to change things up a bit for The Walking Dead, still cut, there's still like the core of what a walker is in there, which says so these aren't sprinting or jumping or like, you know, doing do anything particularly crazy. They're just, they're just a bit more intelligent. They're still walking. They're just a bit more intelligent. So if you want to sort of like mix up the action scenes a bit, like, like when Lydia's trying to stab one of them and it sort of grabs her her um weapon whatever she's got and that and i think one of them stabbed one of the walkers and like the knife stayed in all, all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and then like jerry's trying to block the door and the, the the door handle's rattling and then they're not sure what to do 
one thing I really enjoyed about these scenes as well, not only just seeing these walkers, is like the response to it because they didn't know what they weren't like prepared for this at all. Um, yeah, and uh, so something which I talked about in an episode I did a while ago is called "Why I Love Zombie Apocalypse Stories" and all like the different themes and and, and things that you can do. Um, and one thing, obviously, I mentioned is simply trying to watch a survivor try to figure out how to get away from a zombie is something I like to to watch. Not in terms of like. Oh, an easy sort of, oh, Walker's coming up, yeah, just, uh, I'll go over there and deal with it. I'm talking about these types of scenes, where there's actual, like, terror and sort of, like, they're, they're in they're in danger. Instead of just, oh, it's a zombie just shambling towards me, I'll just easily stab it in the head. Not that type of thing. Um, and this is a really good way to change that up. So if you want to do something a bit different with the, the Walkers, um, going into the spin-offs, th- this is the way to keep that fresh. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where where they go with this and how, how often they use it as well. Because um, this also changes scenes with walkers, because there's a lot of scenes where characters are kind of walking through an area, and like, oh, a couple of zombies, like, who who's going to deal with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to go over there and just sort it out? You can't really do that the same way with these, because instead of just, like, oh, casually go up to a, a walker and stab it in the head... It might try to grab the person's arm, or like, um, as as the character's walking over, the zombie might pick up a rock, or you know, and and it will change those scenes a bit. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see what they what they what they do with that. But um, I think it's good to to change it up. I I still would have liked it just a bit earlier than than what it was. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I get that, but I I. I also I do quite like the fact that you know they they've stuck with one zombie type throughout the whole of this and and this sort of adds an interesting little element to the finale and sets things up I think going forward in mm-hmm. it because other, otherwise you know you other, otherwise the whole end of this will be just about like oh my god there's a new zombie variant uh, and and the whole end of this show would have been about that and I don't think that would have felt that wouldn't have felt quite right to me because it leaves them in a very you know if if you were going to do it you sort of needed to do it in the middle of the run and change the zombie variant there to do it closer to the end makes sense to set up the spin-offs but to to have it sort of you know because otherwise they would have had to come to some conclusion of solving the zombie variant problem um you see what I mean? Yeah. If, you know, that would have become the thing, and and I. Th- but I think to introduce it at this point, which gives them many more options for the spin-offs, I think is is quite a nice way of doing it. Because, as I said, we know Daryl is going to France. Uh, presumably, that will be have something to do with the variant stuff, because you know that's the lab that supposedly created this. Presumably, that's something to do with trying to find a cure. Um, We've got other shows which are going to be more less focused on the zombie stuff, I would think, and more focused on the character stuff, like we've got the Rick and Michonne series, which is very much going to be about where do those characters end up, I think. Mm. Um, we don't know about Dead City, whether that's maybe, I mean, if, given that it's New York, there is a possibility that that could be something to do with the zombie variant stuff as well. Mm. Um, you know, uh, so I... I don't know. It's it's going to be it's an interesting one, but I, and I don't know how far they take it. You know whether it's just okay. There are slightly faster, slightly smarter zombies on a on a huge threat, but they are more dangerous. Um, yeah. You know because they can climb walls and stuff. Or are they 
uh, are they going to then end up advancing that and advancing that and are you going to end up with a sort of alpha zombie king kind of point is are they going to go that far at some point are you going to get other variations are you going to get you know clickers and and um you know bloaters and that sort of stuff are you going to get <laughs> go down that route yeah. so yeah i, I mean i yes I, I think it just it gives them options which i think is quite nice it sort of widens the universe out a little bit yeah it does also make the daryl show a bit more interesting because if he's specifically going off to France and we know about what happens in World Beyond, that does make that in- instantly more interesting. It's yeah. still going to be interesting of like, is it just him and who else is there? But th- th- at least we've got more to go off of, I suppose. So yeah, um, so yeah, really, really good stuff. I I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with this. So, and then just the last, really, it, this this last scene really just. It was like a snap, wasn't it? Really just like, it just yeah. happened and the episode ended. Uh, finally, in the episode's last moments, before Rosita could depart for, from the Commonwealth, uh, she was attacked by who? We don't know. Um, they weren't troopers. More of Lance's minions, possibly. A bag is put over. She puts up a pretty good fight, and then yeah. a bag is put over her head, and she's captured. And then the episode just smash cuts to the credits, and it ends. It's a, it's a really quick scene. Um, so, uh, we'll see what where that goes I don't have any thoughts particularly on the scene I thought you know Rosita did a good job of, of fighting them off but um, probably more of Lance's Lance's men because um, there was when the man and that woman went up to that fence you know when they shot a bunch of those people because that's, that's the guy that we see who's dead in Lance's cell isn't it that, that same mm-hmm. it's the bald guy yeah um, so we know that there's those two that because that was the guy wasn't that the same that guy who got shot wasn't that the same one that was like hunting Jerry in that in the first return episode that was that same guy I think wasn't it yes I think was, quite possibly yeah so he, he he's dead um I didn't really see any of these characters I mean they're all red shirts as far as I'm concerned um yeah so probably more of more of his men um obviously to try to do what he's doing I suppose uh, any thoughts on the final bits of the episode. Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, it gives you a nice, tiny little sort of, and I'm not entirely sure why they've grabbed her or what they've grabbed her for or who grabbed her, but yes, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see what they do with her next episode. Um, that's it for the episode. Uh, we'll, of course, be back um, when we do the other episodes in, in the future as well. Uh, to get some feedback, some emails and whatnot, if you'd like to write into the show, let us know what you think. Uh, what do you think of the new zombies? Do you like them? Do you not? Do you think the show shouldn't have bothered? Um, are you going to watch the spin-offs? All that type of stuff. Um, if we're able to, to watch them. <laughs> it depends on where they are. Uh, any of your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about The Walking Dead? Um, any of that type of stuff? Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter eTalk UK, there's a contact page information in your show notes. Email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Jack writes in and says, Do you think Kaylee Fleming, so Judith's actress, would make a good Ellie and vice versa? Uh, of course, Ellie, who is obviously the protagonist of The Last of Us, which is getting a HBO TV show, which looks absolutely spectacular. Um, I think the trailer that they did was tone tonally perfect and everything like that. Of course, you've got Pedro Pascal accompanying her as Joel. Uh, based off the video game, which I've I've spoken about once or twice for for, <laughs> for lengthy periods of time, um, yes. so K- K- would Kaylee Fleming have made a good Ellie? Um, oh, so, so you got Judith, obviously Kaylee Fleming, um, who wasn't in this episode. No, she wasn't in this episode. 
Uh, and then you've got Bella Ramsey, who was in Game of Thrones. Some of you might recognise her as Lady Mormont. Um, she played uh, quite an interesting role. In, more, more towards the end of the show, but she was a quite good character. Oh, yeah. Um, so, obviously, one of the differences you've got, I think there's about... I don't know the specific ages of both of them, but I think um, Bella is five or six years older than um, than Kaylee. Um, I think Kaylee could have fit that role. Um, so I, I, I think either of them could have done either job. The only difference, if if you'd have had Bella Ramsey, so let's say you go to that, you, you go back to Judith's grown up Judith's first scene. Where she, I think she shoots some walkers or something, and she's got the python and she's got the machete and the and the sheriff's hat, and she says, "I'm I'm Judith Grimes." Mm-hmm. All all you'd have had to do was say, "Okay, yeah, we've still had a time skip, but Judith's just instead of being about thirteen, fourteen, she's nineteen, twenty-ish, because that's that's kind of the age that Bella fits." Um, which I understand why they've done that because because of the way that Ellie ages between the first and the second game, mm-hmm. or even during the events of the first game, um, Bella's going to age into that role. Um, Kaylee could have done the same. It would have maybe been a bit more trickier because I, if you and obviously it's gonna it's gonna take a bit of time for HBO to get through obviously the first the first game's story and then go over to the second game. Um, I don't know if that will be like season one or season two. We don't know how it'll all work out yet. Um, the only problem you could have come across, obviously, this is all hypothetical. They're both in their roles that they're they're going to do, and they they're going to stay in those roles. Um, I don't know how a how Kaylee at this age would have translated to a nineteen year old Ellie. Yeah. Um, unless you would have, I mean, these shows take ages to make, right? Like she could have, um, because we're not get we're not getting the first season until next year. Um, we'll just probably early next year, maybe. We we have like our first trailer for for the Last of Us, um, and then so they do the first season, so that'll be twenty twenty three. Then they'll take what another year or so to make the next season, possibly possibly two, given it's a HBO maybe, show maybe and these two. these big shows usually take two years. Yeah. So she's she's fifteen at the moment, so that means that she would have had to have been if 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 Kaylee was doing it, she would have been fourteen when they filmed. Uh, you know, if she was in The Last mm-hmm. of Us. Um, so 14, um, you know, so say that's this year, then you've got... So she, she still only would have been 16, maybe 17. Um, well, probably 16 when they would be filming it. Um, maybe even 15, you know, because you don't know when the principal photography finishes and, the, you know, so... Reshoots. I, she's and, possibly, yeah. A, yeah, she's possibly a little bit too young. I just said, it very much depends on The Last of Us in terms of the timing. I mean, she's a brilliant actress. They're both great, yeah. Yeah, they're both great actresses. I mean, you know, Bella's Lady Mormont was a standout character in that uh, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, so... They're both wonderful. I, I mean, I think they're probably the right way round. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Kaylee's great in Walking. It will be great in Last of Us. So, but I mean, given the, the, like uh, Bella's nineteen, so you know, I think age-wise they're probably in the right place. And yeah, Kaylee could have been great. She just possibly needed to be a little bit older. Um, to do that role but i i think you know it's great you've got two wonderful young actresses in in two great roles so 
yeah, know, definitely. Which is what you want, you know. Mm-hmm. It's funny when people said like, "Oh, could, could Maisie Williams have played Ellie?" It's like, not, not really, not really. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't see Maisie Williams. I don't know how she's like in her in her twenties or something. I think. Um, trying to portray a thirteen, fourteen-year-old in 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 the first game, that, yeah, I wouldn't have. Maybe... So yeah, that's because like with, with Pedro, you've got quite a few. I mean, I think he's going to do fantastic in the role, Pedro Pascal. Um, with Joel, you've got a lot more options. Obviously, there's a lot more sort of middle-aged-ish sort of dad-type male actors out there. There's quite a few of them that you could have chosen from. Um. I can't imagine the casting because you've got such a specific age and the the way that Ellie ages in the game as well, um, from the first to the second game, and you have to also get a very good young actress. And young actors are not as easy to find as you know older yeah. actors because like, experience and all that type of stuff. Um, so that would that would have been very very difficult to cast for. So, so would have the 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 older version of Judith that we got. So. Because yeah. um, when people say like, oh, you know, she's not going to work as Ellie and all that, it's like, well, who else would you have chosen? Because I mean, you've got other people like maybe Millie Bobby Brown. She's probably again, she's not. I don't think she's as old as somebody like um, Maisie. But no. again, when you start in that, probably in the first, maybe the second episode that they're going to do, and you see the thirteen, fourteen year old Ellie, um, yeah, you you couldn't really have like Millie or Maisie or you know somebody like that yeah i mean um, millie, millie bobby brown is 18 so might have been able to pull it off maisie's 25 maybe. but i think that would have been a stretch <laughs> yeah yeah so um but all, all of those actresses we just named all all really good in their roles yeah i mean so. they're, they're all they're all great you know and i think but i think the right people will cast for the right roles so you know yeah good uh beth right since i'm not understanding matt not understanding matt's obsession with wanting the young characters to take a big role um so the 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 only reason one one of the reasons it's good to do that and AMC would agree in a certain way is it gives it gives you a longevity of story when you've got obviously younger characters because you can use them for like over ten fifteen years or so. Um, the other idea that not many things have actually done is literally the idea of passing the torch. Um, so when you would look at okay, let let's say a future for Walking Dead in five ten years where like. Rick is maybe too old. Maybe Rick turns into the old Rick version that he does in the comic books where he's got like a walking... A bit more like Herschel type of role. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's more like the mentor figure. And then you have you have your younger characters and they age up and they, they get more into those roles. Um, the, the Walking Dead's given us a lot of young characters over the year. They've just killed off quite a few of them as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure Carol could tell you all about that. Um, but it's... I can't think of too many shows or games or films or anything where literally you have a sort of middle-aged, older-ish cast. Those characters have children. You then do eight, ten seasons or so. And then those young characters age up. They start getting, you know, trained in what, what, whatever the combat is within this series or whatever. Um, and the annoying thing is, Arrow was doing that. Arrow mm-hmm. was literally going to do that exact same thing, and it was set up so so well. I remember me, me and Robert were were covering Arrow at the time, had a great like series finale. It was all right there on a plate, and the, the show was going to be called Green Arrow and the Canaries. Now, Mia, William, and <clears throat> I think uh, Connor, they weren't like they weren't the same age as the kids in these shows, in this yeah. show, but they were sort of what twenty somethings. They, they were that yeah. C, they were that CW age, right? That that twenty yeah. somethings age, and you could have very easily gone from Oliver 
Tamiya, which was which was literally the idea that the show set up, and I was so looking forward to it. And they didn't go ahead with Green Arrow and the Canaries. There was going to be a couple of older characters, like you had some of the um, Canary characters yeah. still in there. Um, but that fit really well with what they set up with Mia. That's one of the few times I've seen... And they did a Green Arrow and Canaries episode. I think it was the eighth episode or something in the last season. Mm-hmm. And it showed you, like, hey, this is what the show... This is what this show... Because it was a backdoor pilot. This is what this show could look like. And everyone was like, this is really good. We'd really like a show for this. And, okay, we, we respect Oliver as a character and an Arrow. But this is how you pass the torch. Um, and they just... They didn't do it. And then, obviously, the Arrowverse is what it is now. Um... You could have also done the same thing with The Flash, where you've had, like, uh, Nora and Bart, and you had, like, Kid Flash yeah. and you know, Jesse Quick. There, there's dozens of characters they could have done it with. I remember maybe three or four years ago when they started introducing these characters, and because um, they, they teased us, didn't they, with, like, the 2049 or something, like, the futuristic time period? Yeah, yeah. With Arrow. Um, and it, it was all right there. So I, I just like the idea, and I haven't seen... Many shows do it, no. and Walk- Walk- Walking Dead's got an opportunity to do that, I think. Yeah, that, that's I mean, all that it's is, some- really. yeah, it's something that you don't see much outside of soaps, really. Because oh. soaps, sheerly, purely from their sheer longevity, um, you end- the kid characters end up becoming the adult characters. Yeah, teenagers you know? and that, yeah. Because, I mean, you look at something like EastEnders and, and you know, the the ones that were kids when it started, there are a few of them that are still around and still on the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like Adam Woodyatt, who was, what, 16 when he started in these, you know, in his 40s or 50s or whatever it is now. I mean, that's, you've, you know, there, there are characters that have been there from the beginning and have grown up on the show. And, you know, you've got, so you have certain people like that and it's the same with Ollie Oaks you know you've the characters that were kids at the beginning have come back in as adults so you you do it, it's much more of a soapy kind of thing to do mm. that's the only place you really see it you don't see it as much in drama um in, in you know in straight dramas mm-hmm. um and I think it would have been an interesting idea for this you know having the, the, the there is a show that you could make with those younger characters as i said to you before i think part of the problem you know particularly with using kid kid characters under the there are different employment laws for kids under the age of 16 so it makes it much more difficult for them to shoot purely with younger characters yeah uh, but once you get um somebody like kaylee who is is what i think 15 at the moment 16 once she gets to being sort of 18 and she's free to be employed as much as you know they want and um, if she wanted to do that given that's only a few years away you could you could set up a show around her and some of the other younger characters um you know with her coming back and you know maybe use some of the characters from well beyond who are a little bit older yeah um, there, there is i think there is an interesting show you could set around you know the generation which is sort of what they did with well beyond it's a generation who have known nothing but this world they don't really yeah, remember the world as, yeah they, yeah they don't really remember the world as it was um and uh they've got some of the characters in well beyond had sort of vague memories of it but they don't really know you know they've they've lived their entire life in this zombie apocalypse so i i think there is interesting shows that you can make around that and you know for the walking dead particularly and the idea that you've you've been saying about the sort of passing the torch thing 
I, I think one of the bits where World Beyond didn't quite work was the fact that you had no connection to any characters we knew really for most of that series, those two mm-hmm. seasons. Um, I enjoyed the show overall, but yeah, that is also a, that is sort of an issue. So to be able to do one that is based, you know, that is a Grimes series that is, you know, assuming Rip makes it to the end of it, um, to do a sort of old man Rick and you know as the mentor and then um kaylee back as judith as sort of leading a new younger group that i think that could be quite an interesting premise for a show mm-hmm. the, the one thing i just don't understand is okay so you you introduced gracie you aged her up you you had judith from what season three you aged her up um coco is obviously still a like baby age mm-hmm. um and then you have rj Coco, I'm not expecting anything of because obviously I'm not expecting Coco to be delivering lines. Judith and Gracie have had some very good character development. If you don't end up doing kind of what we talked about, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, and this isn't like me not liking the actor, or I mean the actor's not really been given any lines. You've not done anything with RJ for a few seasons. If you don't end up doing anything with that character, what was the point of introducing RJ? If if you simply don't do anything with him, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know what you're saying with that. I he's, mean, he's I the one I... of those four that you like. He's he's old enough. He's had like lines here. He's maybe said five lines in the entire show, but you've not developed or done anything with him. Like yeah. Judas had loads I of mean, conversations with characters. So was so was Gracie as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I think with. With the the actors, I think it's a case of you know you could get away with having um, Kaylee come back in a couple of years and uh, you know but the others you could probably get away with recasting for slightly older actors and you know just just make that work with maybe sort of an eighteen year old RJ playing a sort of fifteen year old you could probably get away with that mm-hmm. um, yeah. You know, uh, if you get a sort of young-faced lad to to be able to take over that role, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think something like that would work, and you could have a sort of Grimes kids show. You know, that's the other point is you've got RJ and you've got Judith. They are the Grimes. They are the Grimes legacy. They are that same thing of Oliver and Mia, of mm-hmm. that like that that next generation. And also outside of this show, that's also how life works. <laughs> People have <laughs> kids, and kids grow up, and kids. As kids grow up and get older, they do things and they say stuff and they develop as people. So it's the exact same thing as how life works. It's just with fictional characters. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to our last one. Harrison writes in says, So, how did the Black Summer Zombies compare to these ones? This is where we get into the fun stuff. Um, so the, the one of the differences with these... Um, so I'll, get, I'll give you an example, right? So Jerry's standing in front of that door he's trying to hold the door closed and the zombie's rattling the door now you you haven't seen Black Summer still have you? Uh, no okay um, so for those of you that haven't seen the show what a Black Zom- what a Black Summer uh, which is a show on Netflix by the way in case some of you don't know it's, a, it's an awesome show on Netflix it's like full adrenaline not sort of Sharknado it doesn't sort of go that route but it's just like full pedal to the metal whatever phrase you want to use zombies just all the time it's it's awesome and it's crazy and I, I really want another season 
Um, there's points where the show slows down and they do character development, but it's not really as much about the characters like Walking Dead is. This is more sort of like more action based. What a zombie would do in that situation is literally repeatedly jump at that door and break it down. <laughs> yeah. And it, it it is not gonna stop. Um, and there's several really thrilling scenes in Black Summer where like somebody will try to climb out of a window or something, and they'll do it. And then you'll just see the zombie leap out of that window, get straight up, and then just charge after that character. Um, so that that's kind of the difference. So instead of like, oh, I'm going to turn this... Instead of being more... This, this, with Walking Dead, this is more sort of they're trying to be intelligent and like, oh, door handle, turn it, or whatever their thought process is. The black summer zombies are more sort of just adrenaline fueled. They'll just jump through. They'll jump onto cars. They'll jump through windows. They'll jump off of buildings. They'll... Um, there's, there's a yeah. stunt at the beginning of season three. I won't say who's involved or whatever. It's a really, really good scene, uh, where a character's in a normal way trying to run away from a zombie. This zombie is like knocking things over and like it, it, it doesn't get, it doesn't stop either. That zombie just continues going, and a character in in like a panicked, really good scene manages to get this car started and drives off. Of course, the car doesn't go from zero to you know thirty or forty within within a second it takes a bit of time so while that car is like getting itself started and all that this zombie is full pelt running and um this person drives out into the road obviously trying to get away from the zombie the zombie runs sprints jumps on top of the car and then this person is trying to like shake the zombie off and stuff is really really good stunt work um and not only is this zombie this zombie isn't one that's like clinging onto the car this is one that's trying to then get into the like through the windows of the car and all that sort of stuff so that person's dealing with that while trying to you know keep their eyes on the road and that sort of thing so they're just they're really really adrenaline fueled versions of of zombies not not quite in the same way as what was a good good example not quite sort of um you know i am legend the the will smith film how those are sort of like that they're, they're doing a bit more wall running and wall climbing it's not quite that mm-hmm. these are just sort of like really really adrenaline fueled still kind of grounded zombies that they'll get knocked over and stuff but they'll they'll get like straight back up and everything like that um so instead of just like more calm intelligence and like that creepy sort of oh zombies slowly climbing up what are we going to do yeah it will just run around and climb and jump through stuff it's <laughs> it's really good to watch uh and again going back to what i said earlier yeah. tr- trying to see a survivor like okay the zombies running at you it's not going to stop what are you going to do what what are you going to do about it Okay, try to knock it over. It it's gotten back up. It's running again. What are, what are you gonna do? Um, with this, it's more sort of like, oh, Jerry's injured. He can't quite move. And Aaron, quick, you need to like realize. And oh, there's something like you see the you see the horror zombie hand. It, it's it's climbing up to the top of that building. Jerry's there. You know, oh, it picks up a rock. That's more the slow, intense stuff. Um, I love both versions, and I love that we've got this in The Walking Dead. So, um, what do you what do you think of kind of the differences that? I guess I've described that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, from what you're describing on um, those zombies, they seem a bit closer to the sort of infected on um, uh, 28 Days Later. That you know, Actually, I which, seen that. Oh, oh, you really should. I'm surprised. That's yes, 28 Days and 28 Plus, Weeks Later. So. Yeah, they're both great zombie films. Um, although technically they're not zombies. Before any of you write in about that, they are infected. <laughs> they're not zombies. Um, 
because they're not actually they don't actually die i don't think they 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 are infected which turns them into zombie-esque sort of um rage machines essentially um but they they act pretty much like zombies and they are fast running and you know it's not slow shambling it's like fast zombies that sort of charge towards you is so it sounds like they they're closer to that sort of Mm -hmm. thing um whether we get that to, to that point with these, I mean, you know, as more variants come out, assuming they expand it to to include more variants as we go through. I mean, we don't know what Daryl's going to find when he gets over to France. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that with that being the starting point, it may be that there are sort of a petri dish of like lots of different types of zombies in France, possibly, you know, because it's not like they have any kind of news from anywhere else. So, um hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. You don't know what's been going on in Europe. So, um, yeah, I, I that, that's sort of interesting. And like I say, I like the fact that they've opened this up. So, you know. Mm-hmm. One of the only things where I don't like the implementation of zombies is actually in Resident Evil. They're a bit sort of... I mean, Resident Evil's canon's all over the place. <laughs> but... Yeah. um like like zombies in that I remember playing one of them games I think it was Resident Evil 5 which I still don't know why I finished that game it was terrible and I remember I had a, like a shotgun at one point and I shot the zombie in the head its head like popped off and then like three tentacles came out that's not really what I want from like zombies I know you've got like bloaters and clickers in The Last of Us but those still kind of have a zombie ideology mm-hmm. as opposed like, like I don't really that that's when you start introducing things like tentacles that's more just like alien territory instead yeah, of yeah. instead of actual zombies um so i mean the only difference with like a bloater is it will pull a part of itself off and throw it at you but that's that, it's not really tentacles so um but anyway good stuff um i love my zombie content and i shall try to watch it, it, it have they got um 28 days weeks and is it months is the other one uh was this Three of them. I can't remember. I, I thought there were. I thought there were only two. Twenty-eight. I think it was twenty-eight days and twenty-eight weeks, okay. or twenty-eight months. I can't remember. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it for the Walking Dead this week. We'll be back next week. See if we get any more intelligent walkers, um, which could be very, very awesome. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main eye podcast. Take a look out for all of that. Uh, that's how you can support us by listening to more episodes um, through all those things, pl- podcast platforms, entertainment talk, all that type of stuff. Uh, if you want to support us in other ways, you can, of course, tell other people about what we are up to and what we're doing, either by just telling them or using social media. It's up to you what you want to do with that. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the Afri podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well. Um, TV and film news, Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk. Uh, David, what is going on with uh, Geek Town this, this, this week? Uh, uh, well, yes, uh, this week it has been a bit quiet, um, partly because I uh, I have uh, elderly parents who were, were moving home uh, over the last couple of days, which is why there hasn't been a Geek Town Radio this week, um, because I was helping them move, because obviously that had to take priority, uh, you know, getting mm-hmm. to 80-something-year-old. Yeah into a new house so uh that that's apologies for there not being an episode this week there will be an interview going up later this week which is so so there will be something going out onto the uh, geek town radio stream and the um podcast will be back next week in full as well uh on the site we have got air dates going up i'm in the middle of writing a post for uh the disney plus november 
some interesting stuff coming in November on Disney Plus. That'll be going up. We've just got a date for Station 19, which has moved across onto Disney Plus as well. There are a couple of reviews that went up onto the website for uh, Stranded Alien Dawn, which we talked a bit on the podcast last week, uh, which is a really good new um, kind of building survival game. So uh, there is a written review gone up for that as well and some hints and tips. And uh, Planet Zoo had their latest update for the Twilight Pack. So that has gone up on the website as well and that's brought some interesting new bits and pieces to the game so uh, there's lots of stuff going up and then i i am now back working on the site so uh, there will be lots of news going up from today as well cool nice uh so check that out geek town radio geek for all of your tv and film news for other stuff as well uh for the twitch content bex is still streaming regularly over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s she's doing little nightmares 2 so if you like horror stuff uh, little nightmares 2 brilliant game it's a good game to watch other people play as well. It, even if you played it yourself, it's a good game to watch other people play their sort of reactions yeah. to things. Uh, classic <laughs> particularly, game. Particularly yeah. somebody like Bex, who is absolutely terrified of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I've been been enjoying watching that. Um, she also does classic retro and chat sort of streams. So just, just go over to Bex and see what she's up to. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Me, Twitch, uh, two big streams today. Later on today, I'm going to be playing my final multiplayer session in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 19. You might be wondering why. It's because the new game is coming out uh, wow. in... in um, Technically today, the campaign is out today and the multiplayer is out next week, but the campaign's only out today if you, if you pre-ordered. So there's an, an incentive there, which obviously I was going to do. So uh, there's there's all that. Uh, but I'll be trying to do two streams today if the if the internet's nice to me. Yesterday it wasn't. But uh, if the internet is nice to me, um, I'll be streaming my final uh, session play in Modern Warfare 19. And then um, at some point after that, uh, when, when I'm able to get to it, I'll try to do the first sort of two hours or so of the Modern Warfare 2, this is the 2022 sequel uh, to that same game um, version of the campaign because the multiplayer is out next week, so those those will be the streams uh, for all of that Um, I will sort of make like clips of things as well and other stuff, if you miss any of that, any of those streams you can find those archives as well as the game clips later on YouTube which is Entertainment Talk Plays, so go and give me a follow on Twitch, eTalkUK to be up to date with all that and then subscribe to us on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays um so there's all that thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye bye